This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. No, this is not an Atlanta and Studio J. No, this is not even affiliated with the NBA on TNT. This is the Left Coast Show. But I got two people joining me, and it's a beautiful day. One of them is a two-time MVP of the WNBA, and in my mind, the greatest women's basketball player I've ever seen. Give it up for Candace Parker. Ooh. Hey. Well, thank you, Adam. You got some points for that. And the other person I'm dealing with, what am I doing? I'm drinking his rosé because hey. that's what you can achieve. Hey when you are one of the best shooting guards in the history of the NBA. Give it up for Dwayne Wade. Respect, respect. Uh, how you guys doing? You know, we're doing. We're good. <laughs> you see uh, what's going on in our background. Here on the Left Coast Show, we actually have a quarantine quarantine where you're not allowed to talk about quarantine, quarantine say corona, say COVID. I've just violated it, but you're not allowed to say it because we right, cool. are great no matter the circumstance. That's true. I've been drinking a lot of wine well, over here, so I'm I'm great, you know. Man, I got that shipment yesterday of my D Wade wine. Listen, what? I can't wait to crack that bottle. Uh, <laughs> there is a. I'm going to put it at 32 percent chance that Shaq is going to join us on this call, but it's Shaq, and he's out. Man, there's a lot of stuff going on. I saw him in the Tiger King doc, and then I saw him like arguing with people about it. But that's our buddy, and that's who we work with, and that's Shaq. <laughs> I think 32 is high. Teammate. I think that's the high percentage. All right. I'm going to change it to 11 I'm going to go like 17. I'm going to go like 17. So, okay. Okay. Yeah. Um, I'm going to start off with Candace. Um, I have some trivia that I want to loosen all of us up with. Uh, so we're going to start off with either or. Candace, you're first. Either or. Who has more career wins as a coach? Pat Riley or Greg Popovich? Candace? Ooh. I would say Greg Popovich. Greg Popovich does by 12, 1,222 to 1,210. D. Wade, who is listed as taller on Google? Boban, a.k.a. Urang, or Kristaps Porzingis? Well, that's tough because you said on Google. So I'm going to say the unicorn. Incorrect. Boban, 7-4 to 7-3. It was a trick question, and you fell it for it. It definitely was a trick question. <laughs> All right, and the last one, whichever one comes up with it first wins. Who has more career points, Shaq or Candace and D-Wade put together? Don't I'm going to go Shaq. I'm going to go Shaq. Final answer. Candace, what do you think? 
I bet on ourselves, D-Wade. What? D-Wade and Candace combined. 28,525 points. Shaq, 28,598 points. Outscoring oh, you two by 73. We're still going. It's okay. Yeah. I, got, I got you. Yeah, Candace, come We're on now. Going. You know what? That's we should. I think I can squeeze out 100. I got you. We should document Thanks. that. When Candace scores her 73rd point like of the that. season, we'll pass you in the standings. I like that. It'll be great. Um, I like that. Big news in the NBA yesterday was uh, the MJ doc. That last dance is coming out April 19th on a Sunday. And I'm curious, how excited are you two both being from Chicago that the last dance documentary is coming out while we're all trapped in our homes? Well, Candace is not from Chicago, first of all. Wow. Let's get, let's, I'm not from Robbins either. Let's get that <laughs> <laughs> Let's get that straight. Oh, I right? remember the commercial. <laughs> uh, go ahead, Candace. You first. Okay, well, I got the news on Instagram, obviously. My birthday is April 19th. It's so coming out on your much, birthday? There wasn't much I wanted for my birthday than that documentary. So now I have something to do on my birthday. Watch the Bulls. I mean, this is a dream come true for everybody that lived in the Chicago land area, D-Wade. Uh, just to be able to relive our childhood. I mean, that's what we grew up watching. That was on the news. That was going in the United Center. I mean, that those are those are memories that we're going to be able to relive watching this documentary. Yeah, I echo Candace. Uh, just to be for us to be able to relive our childhood, and you know, for me, and I said it many times, is I never forget the moment where I knew what I wanted to do for the rest of my life. And it was watching the Chicago Bulls in 1991 uh, win their first championship. I was I was nine years old. Um, so to be able to go back and relive some of those moments, you know, right now we get a lot of access to a lot of the athletes or celebrities or, you know, for that matter, everyone in the world nowadays. Uh, but back then we didn't. We didn't know a lot about Michael Jordan and Scottie Pippen and Chicago Bulls. So now we get a little inside. So I have my popcorn, I have my wine, I have some chocolate, and I sit there and I watch it. D.U.A., you remember where you were when MJ hit the shot? When he crossed over? Do I? And hit the shot, and everybody was like, is this his last shot ever <sighs> in Chicago? Was, Adam, come on now. Oh, it was you so remember beautiful. That. It was so beautiful. So you're talking like <laughs> Utah Jazz. Yes. Utah Jazz. I remember I was on my couch laying, like, across. My brother was where my feet were, and my dad was where my head was. Yeah. And they were like, MJ's about to hit this. And then everybody after that went crazy. I mean, we went outside, people were fireworks. It was nuts. All right, so what are the things that you hope you see in this? My number one draft pick is I want to see gambling on airplanes. In my mind, I need to see people get upset. Like I need more than 15 seconds of being like, they were, no, no, no. I need like a full hand. (laughs) I think you're going to see it on a bus. I right. think you're going to see it everywhere because that's, you know, that's what them guys did. And that's, we did that as well. What I want to see is I want to see MJ be the MJ that I heard he was. Like I heard as a teammate, he was so demanding. And in practice, he did not allow you to come in and just like go through the motions and bullshit. Like he was, he was that guy. So like, I want to see that because it makes my crazy look like it is not crazy at all. So I can't wait to see it. To that point, I, <laughs> I have so much hope in this doc that I feel like they have footage of Jordan smacking Steve Kerr, even though there's no chance it exists. But like, I've heard about that my whole life. And I, I'm, 
All I want is like the <laughs> Kerr getting smacked episode, but it's not going to happen. <laughs> it's definitely not going to happen. That'd be great. That'd be oh. great. Candace, I think you... he gets into it with Scott Burrell. Uh, I'll take. Remember it. Scott Burrell? Yeah, I think he gets into it with Scott Burrell because yeah. I remember hearing about that back in the day too. Uh, him and Scott Burrell used to, you know, go back and forth a little bit. But Candace, what's one thing that you really hope you get to see? I mean, like you guys said, the behind the scenes. I mean, I think we saw the celebration, things like that. But I think people think of seventy-two and ten, and you think it was easy. But I want to see the hard stuff. Like, I want to see the practices. They always talk about how Jordan was the first person at practice. And uh, now the Chicago Sky, when we go play there, they practice where the Chicago Bulls used to practice back in the day. Mm. And so to just kind of be in that gym and, like, you almost feel like Jordan's presence is still there. And so mm. I just want to see old footage of practice and how him and Phil Jackson got along. I mean, I know that was a process, so I'm just – this is going to be – it's going to be crazy. I'm excited for when they introduce Dennis Rodman, and I already know it's going to be like a lot of quick cuts of like graffiti and being like, and then Dennis Rodman came in. Like it's um, – that's going to be a good chapter. Too. <laughs> yeah, it is going to be that like deep voice voiceover. I can't wait. You know what? I think, too, when it comes to Dennis Rodman, he didn't get a lot of credit. Like right now, nowadays, like, you know, Russell Westbrook or, you know, you hear my name or – you hear certain guys get credit about fashion when it comes to the NBA or sports. Dennis Rodman started this whole dress any way you want. Like he, he did anything he wanted and he started this whole paint your nails and like, he didn't give a fuck. And Dennis Rodman in Chicago as a kid was like, we love Dennis Rodman. Like, <laughs> I don't know what people thought, but in Chicago, we love Dennis Rodman. And he, he did anything. Well, he was a rock star. Like he wasn't just a basketball player. Dennis Rodman was a rock star. I mean, I remember going to the bookstores and his book, when his book came out, yep. Bad As I Want to Be, I think it was the Yo, name of it. Like and that, he yeah. was like butt-ass naked on the back of the book. <laughs> yes, yes. So all the books had, we would all go turn the books around so that the back of the book would show at the bookstores. Like, that, I'm telling you, Chicago just embraced everybody that was a part. I mean, D-Way, you remember going to McDonald's and Luke Longley was like sponsored by McDonald's and they had like huge, like, pictures of him in McDonald's. Like, I, I mean, the Bulls is childhood memories. And the fact that Robin was wearing 91, like even that, like who wears 91? I remember he had like the leopard print hair, um, everything. He and he, so and go ahead. I was going to say like, when you see the stat lines where it's like 20 rebounds, zero points, you're like, that's all you want to play with. And you get done. And that's the dude you want to party with too, because he's coming in with Carmen Electra. Like it's nuts. <laughs> Rockstar, and dog. Fact, and the fact that he, like, lifted after almost every game. Like, players didn't do that back then. Mm. You know, you're lifting after you're playing. And so I just – I don't know. I just – I'm excited to see the whole thing. It's going to be crazy. Um, you know, wait, I never asked you about this. One of the – I had a tweet that was spreading all over the place, and it was the video of you and Iverson – hugging and talking to each other at all-star first it was like the week before a picture of you guys went everywhere and then the video came out like i i it it's weird because with with quarantine and corona we've completely forgot about kobe you know in a way in which it was like all we thought about in the nba what what were you guys saying to each other when you were in that embrace at all-star uh so before that um i was told to go on the court um you know, All Star Weekend. I didn't know why, but uh, I bought one of our boss 
one of our bosses, uh, Tara, told me to go on the court. And I went on the court and I got a chance to watch Common um, perform, right? And she didn't tell you that Common I didn't was going to say your name? anything. I had no wow. idea what was going on. I just was told to stand here and we were coming to get you when it's over. And I'm like, okay, like whatever. And But I was emotional because they had just did a tribute to Kobe Bryant. And it was emotional, right? Just sitting there and thinking about all the moments you share with them and, you know, and, and looking around, everyone around you is emotional. And then they go from that to the Chicago tribute and Common does this whole like story about like this young kid from Chicago. And I'm looking, I'm like, wait, wait, that's me. (laughs) You know, I'm the young kid he's talking about. So, you know, I got very emotional, had a few tears drop. And once I'm, so I'm leaving that and Iverson is right there as I'm turning the corner and I couldn't do nothing but embrace him and like, just tell him how much I appreciated him, you know, like how much I loved him and, and as I always said, it was Jordan, Kobe, and Iverson for me. Those are the three players that, you know, I modeled my game after. That's who I wanted to be. Like, I was number three probably because of Allen Iverson. So I was all in that, let me give him his roses, you know, right now. I know I've said it over and over again, but once again, I got this opportunity to see him, and I want to say it again. So I just wanted to tell him, man, how much I loved him, how much I appreciated him, and I just thanked him, man. It was just a good embrace that we both needed at that moment. I forgot to tell you guys the name of my uh, listeners. They call themselves the 33%. Wade wears three, Candace wears three. And by the way, Shaq's college number was 33. (laughs) It all goes together. Candace, did you please tell me that you wore three because of Iverson too? Guilty. Yes. Uh, So you're telling me that D Wade and Candace, you both wear three because of Iverson. So my brother got drafted to Philly. And so his rookie year, he played with Allen Iverson in his second year. And I'll never forget, I had all the Allen Iverson pictures on my wall. And at that time, bigs were supposed to stand by the basket and you turn around, you do a right hook. But my dad was like, no, I want you to learn how to dribble. I want you to learn how to shoot. So Allen Iverson, I naturally fell in love with just because he put something extra on everything. And my brother was playing with him. And I remember one day my brother came home from – a game, and he handed me Allen Iverson's finger bands. Finger oh, bands. So wore, wow. And he had three on them, yeah. too. I wore the <laughs> Allen Iverson finger, finger bands all the way through high school. And the only reason why I didn't wear them in college is because Pat wouldn't let me wear them in college. And I was obsessed with him. And I remember when I met him, he was the first person I met that he shook my hand and I had no words. I, I was like nodding, yep, nope, mm-hmm, yep. So I was obsessed, and that's the reason why I wear number three. That's amazing. Yo, hey, I, get, hey peep this, Candace. So uh, I get into the NCAA tournament, and I jam with my finger, uh, whatever the case may be, and they give me a finger band. Like, in the tournament, they give me a number three finger band. You couldn't tell me nothing. <laughs> I was in a tournament. I had my own finger band, number three, and it was all because Iverson made finger band. He made arm sleeve. Yes. He made those yep. things cool. So you wanted to put as much stuff on because you felt like you was Iverson out there. So definitely, I remember that. Oh, early 2000s, Barry Bonds and Allen Iverson were just like strapped up from head to toe in like covers and stuff. <laughs> uh, I've heard the story before, Wade, where you talked about Kobe, where like you stole the ball off him and it was like that crazy moment. Did you get a moment like that with Iverson? Did you get a moment on the court of like an oh crap Allen Iverson moment? Uh, well, 
my first preseason game was versus Iverson in Puerto Rico. So that was like my first game in the NBA of playing against one of my idols. And my first regular season game was against Allen Iverson in Philly. And mm. I, I got a, like uh, some rumblings in my stomach nervousness about like, oh, man, I'm about to take this stage and I'm going against Iverson. Like, what the hell? Like, what am I going to do? And but it, it pushed me to be better. So uh, it was just cool, man. Like, I, I remember and I tell the story. I remember when we got to Puerto Rico, uh, I'm a rookie and we walk in and where are we standing at this big casino in our hotel. And Eddie Jones was like, yo, young fella, come with me. Eddie Jones was my veteran at the time. So uh, I go with Eddie Jones and we go to, you know, one of the tables and Alan Iverson is sitting there. He knew Alan Iverson is one of my favorite players. So he wanted to, you know, introduce me. And he introduced me to Iverson right there while they're gambling. So Iverson's gambling. I'm staying right there like this the whole wow. time. And he threw me a chip. He threw me a thousand dollar chip. And was like, yo, go play this young fella. So I played 500 and I put the other 500 in my pocket. Because I ain't Poor had guy. money like that at the Poor time. Guy. <laughs> yeah. Man. All right. So you got you guys know who Bill Simmons is, Ryan Rossillo. Uh, apparently they were redrafting the 96 draft, which is one of the greatest drafts of all time. And they went Kobe one. They went Nash two. And then at three, they took Ray Allen over Iverson. And I am curious your guys' thoughts on that. Ah, listen. It's an amazing draft. It's an amazing draft. You're talking to two people who loved Iverson. That's a tough question for us because I think Kobe and Iverson would be one, two for me because I love both of those guys. So So you're taking Iverson over Nash also. Yeah, I'm taking Kobe one. I'm taking Iverson two. That's just me because those are two of my three favorite players. So I, I cannot you know, not take two other Hall of Famers like Nash and Ray Allen. <laughs> now, Candace is very deep in thought right now. I'm deep in thought because I I just am huge on the fact that your organization and, the, and what they surround you with defines so much of what your career is. Mm-hmm. And... I mean, you think of two or three different things. I mean, yes, Steve Nash won two MVPs, but you think of like two plays that could have gone either way, and we could be talking about Steve Nash in a totally different way Mm. if he would have won a championship or if he had got to the NBA Finals. So I'm just a big believer in like Allen Iverson is the truth. I'm with D-Wade. Like it's Kobe one, Allen Iverson two, but I think people don't give AI enough credit as a result of them only getting to the finals once. But look at what this dude did resume-wise and look at who he did it with. Yeah. I mean, you look at the starting lineup that they went to the finals. Matt Geiger, George Lynch, Dikembe Mutombo, Eric Snow, Aaron McKee, nobody. And I I love all those guys. Tyrone Tyrone Hill. You talk about, like, all these guys. I mean, Anthony Park. No, it's funny. He didn't go to the finals. (laughs) But, like, you talk about all these guys that he did it with, and that's the thing is the fact that AI was doing stuff he changed the way the game is played. And if he would have played during this era, and I think you would agree with me, D-Wade, if he would have played in this era what? of basketball. What? What? Let's see what he did in the other era that was slow and that was a big man era. Man, please. I mean, my brother used to tell me stories about how this guy was, like, freakishly athletic. Like, that was when they used to run the mile. And Anthony said he would start off and take off so fast, and they'd be like, oh, you know. We gonna catch up to him, and he would run the last lap backwards, laughing. Wow! Like, that's just how athletic 
and insanely crazy in shape this dude is. I mean, AI is a freaking nature for sure. Yo, his arms, bro. I think a lot of people don't know <laughs> his arms were stupid yeah. long. And like, mm -hmm. it was nothing scarier than having a fast break one-on-one with Iris coming at you. And it wasn't because he was going to dunk on you. It was the fact that you knew you could not stop him. And you knew Iverson is going right. Iverson is going right. And it's yes. nothing you Because if you went left, it. if you went left, it was two dribbles and a J. Yes. If you're going or right, he, he was go doing Right. Yeah. yeah. Oh, he's doing that. And so you knew he was going right, but it was nothing you can do about it. Amazing. I just love hearing you guys talk about Allen Iverson. And it's interesting when you start thinking about who they had on their teams. I mean, Ray Allen wins his chips with KG and Paul Pierce. Then he goes to Miami and he's with D Wade and LeBron Nash, all those different teams and the coaches he had around him. But with Iverson, it was that long run of the Sixers where they didn't spend any money on anybody else. And then baby mellow in Denver. And it was just the Lakers were the Lakers at that time. It's just, it's hard to compare. But think about his body too and how much he would have benefited from load management, from the things that we know now. I mean, think about how many injuries and things he played through. I mean, he was the littlest guy, what, 160 pounds soaking wet. I just – I think he's one of the greatest. He doesn't honestly. get enough respect. And doesn't. I, and it's, it's going to be like that for a lot of the guys in the NBA, I mean, over the course of the time when it comes to the greatest. I mean, obviously, you can't talk about everybody all the time. But they talk about LeBron. They talk about Jordan. They talk yep. about, you know, Kobe. They talk about these guys all the time, but they do not talk about Allen Iverson. And, and it's, it's merely for the fact that he didn't win championships. And your NBA career – should not be determined on how great you are by how many championships you necessarily can win. Because like you said, a lot of it is timing. A lot of it is luck, you know. Organization. Organization, like, yeah. It's a lot of things that come into that. But Iverson is one of the greatest players, mm -hmm. not teammates, not teammates, like of greatest time. players right, right, right. of all time. And like one of the tops, you know what I'm saying? Candace, so, how early on in your career did you win a chip? I won a chip four years ago. So that was the and first one. And when I tell one. you, that was our first one. And when I tell you, I always think about, because my rookie year, we lost on a last second shot to go to the finals. We lost on a last second shot. And as a rookie, you know, I'm playing with Lisa Leslie. I just won rookie of the year MVP. I'm like, yeah, we'll get back here about four or five times. I want to win like four or five rings. Like it's going to be easy to get back here. Of course. We just come off the NCAA championship, won the Olympic gold medal that summer. It was like, this is easy, right? And then stuff happens. You get hurt. There's moves made in, within an organization. I have my daughter. Like, there's just things that happen in life that I don't think change who you are as a player, but it, it changes the perception of you as a player. So this and is why when Mahomes and the Chiefs won the Super Bowl, I got very excited because I was tired of hearing for two weeks, even if he doesn't win, he'll get back again. They said the same thing about Dan Marino. And I think it's interesting because, Candace, you had to wait, and D. Wade got one a little bit early on. The pressure comes off, and now you're free to create. Like, I look at guys like CP3. I look at guys like Mello and then our guy Charles. But, like, people that, oh, can he get it done? I just feel like that has to be suffocating, but I've never experienced it. So, Candace kind of is it. And then, D. Wade, were you free to like not have to worry about it as much? Um, well, first of all, you know, just to, just to be very clear, um, Pat Riley did an amazing job of putting the right team around Shaq and myself. 
right? We don't win. A, I don't win a championship in my third year. If it was, it was not for Pat Riley making that that crazy trade that everybody thought was crazy, mm-hmm. bringing Antoine Walker, you know, Jay Will, you know, signing Gary Payton, James Posey, like bringing all these guys in to Miami. I do not win a championship without those guys. So let me let me say that. Of course, we um, know that. You know, because a lot of people like to think that you win it by yourself. And 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 I say that because of the Charles Barkleys of the world and the Ivory right. of the world, etc. They they didn't have that you know, that team around them necessarily to win the championships. And even though Charles had a good team, he was just in the era of Michael Jordan. It didn't yeah. even matter. Like, he was in a Jordan era. But I think for me, I actually thought I was going to the finals my second year, and I couldn't believe it. And I remember being on the court. We was actually in game seven versus Detroit, and I was sitting there. We had a lead. I think we was up like six. And I remember sitting there like, oh, I'm about to go to the finals. It was like a minute and a half left. Needs to say Detroit scored seven points in that minute and a half, and we lost the game, and we didn't go to the finals. Um, but, you know, winning it in my third year, I can't say it took pressure off me because I never had any pressure. You know, even though I was drafted fifth, no one put pressure on me. Uh, the pressure was on LeBron and Carmelo and mm. those guys. For me, it was just like, oh, wait, I have arrived. Like, now you have to mention my name amongst, you know, the, the, the game's elite now, more so than the pressure. So from that point on, it was just me. I had to now – I had to live up to my own expectations of myself, right? Every year I had to try to match, you know, the right. Dwayne way that people expected from the finals. And that became kind of the struggle as my career went on. And as I got older and started having injuries is meeting my own expectations, um, <sighs> even more than it was meeting the fans than anyone else's expectations. But I do want to add this, D-Wade. And I know you won early and we talk about pressure but the way people speak and the narrative around certain players, it's funny to me being in media now mm. and still kind of playing because you look at, let, let's take Toronto, for instance, and the way people talked about Kyle Lowry before he won a championship. What changed? Kawhi shot bouncing in five times and then falling in? Right. Did that change things? Right. So if that doesn't happen, we still are talking about Kyle Lowry in the same light that we talked about him the past couple of years. So I just... I don't like the way that championships – I do think that championships are a part of your resume right? and should be who you are. But defining a player as a result of the way that an organization surrounds you with certain players or the moves that people make – I mean, people looked at Masai crazy. Yes. That you traded and made this crazy trade. All right, you're doing it for one year. You're waging your entire future on one year. But if Kawhi's shot doesn't go in, then it changes the way people talk. So I just – I think it's interesting how media influences that those opinions. And, and in the NFL space, you know what? That's why I think that Mitchell Trubisky is secretly the best quarterback in the NFL. Get the hell out of here. <laughs> Yo, both. <laughs> uh, so you guys are both Bears fans, right? Okay, this is an NFL podcast mainly. I'm a proud Bears fan. Very proud. What um You said the best ever. Let me let me Candace, let me ask, let me ask if, if I could grant you any wish would number one be that Mahomes was drafted by the bears a few years ago. You know, what broke my heart. Tell me. Is when I was watching Kansas city play the bears and then he counted to the pick that he was drafted. 10. Yes. He counted the pick that he was drafted. And then, you know, you kind of like go to Texas and you look at, Deshaun and you're like huh you could have had him too so I mean it it is a little tough 
Um, but I'm still a Bears fan. Yeah, that's how it goes. Me and D, we we hit each other and console one another. You know what? Uh, th- this is my thing about. I mean, obviously, watching that draft and watching the Bears move up in the draft to to get their player. You know, they wanted Mitch and. I think for me, I see flashes and I see moments where I'm like, okay, I see why they did that. And then there's other moments where you see inexperience and you see, you know, the youth as in a player. So what I, what I, what I want for him as our quarterback, I just want him to bring in an amazing quarterback coach or someone to really help him understand his talent. This dude, 35 minutes. And there it is. Oh, Shaquille O'Neal is in the chat. Dr. Shaquille Adam, O'Neal, how are you? Adam, don't make me knock your ass up. Why? I'm happy you're here. Because I woke up at 11 o'clock. Because no, no, I woke up at 11 o'clock, which I never do, hitting the damn zoo button. There wasn't nobody there. And I'm now so you're going to send me. Well, as soon as I see you, Adam, on site. I'm just on you know site. You know on what? Site. At this point, I'll take anything to be around other people. So I will take a <laughs> shot to the ribs from Shaq because I'm down. <laughs> Uh, Shaq's gonna, he'll have his stuff. Shaq is a Cowboys fan. Shaq, who was your favorite football player when you were growing up? We're not talking about that right now. D-Wade, tell your lovely daughter, thank you for helping us go viral. She's so beautiful. I'm glad she didn't laugh at my jokes. You don't laugh at my jokes either. Candace, <laughs> tell your lovely daughter, hello, I miss you guys. Miss you too. Everybody. You okay, family? We're good. Hey, uh, Shaq, if you can hear me, take it off Wi-Fi. That worked last time. Oh, Wi-Fi. Okay, y'all. What is his name? Oh, my goodness. His name, I believe, on Zoom is El Padrino Negro. (laughs) Hey, hey, you're not allowed to say that. Only us three can say it. El Padrino Negro. A.K.A. Lord Supreme. Supreme. Lord Supreme. Oh, there he is. Supreme is talking. He's a dog mafia. We know it. The concert looked good the other night, man. Are we going to get that every night? Yeah, I'm waiting. You know, I challenge the Wade family and the James family and the Parker family. I'm just waiting. Oh, the dance off challenge. Yeah, dance off challenge, concert series challenge. Yeah, D Wade and Candace not looking too into it. I can't dance. I can't dance. I can't either. I'm not going to even. You don't have to dance, but you can lip sync with your family. Come on, y'all can do it. Don't be scared. All right, Shaq, I'm bringing you into our conversation from earlier. We were all telling Iverson stories. What's your favorite Iverson story? Well, I have a confession. D-Wade probably knows this because uh, it was it was four guys that when we played them, I was such a fan, I let them do what they want to do. White chocolate. White chocolate. I'm a, like I'm, I want him to go to work. Vince Carter, AI, and Tracy McGrady. So every time you know we played AI, just because you know I like I like them crossing over. He had tough. I could have blocked the shot most of the time. I just didn't want to. I kind of coached up that year in the finals. We wanted to go 16 and 0. We let him you know hit us for for, for 51. But listen, Iverson had the, the heart of a lion. You know he played hard. He did it this way. He did it his way. Uh, you know, I, I was glad to go in, in the Hall of Fame with him. You know, it's unfortunate that a lot of these great players will be judged because they didn't win. Uh, 
But listen, he's one of the greatest to ever do it. D-Wade's one of the greatest to ever do it. I'm just glad I got to play with these guys and against these guys. Pretty good. Jack, can I can I ask one one question, Adam? Yeah. Jack, um, so the infamous AI when he stepped over to Ron Liu, uh, what was the locker room like the next day? Like, what like did y'all address it ever? Like how? Phil wasn't Phil wasn't the guy that, that gives a lot of speeches. So after they beat us in the game one, they were screaming down the hall, you know, like they won a championship. So Phil came in and just said, "Listen to him." So he walked us back in the hallway. They were out there with their families, with their boys jumping out and down, and said, "See, see what happened? We don't pay attention. You got your ass whipped." And then we just left. So now we had to turn on because. You know, we were already 14 and 0 at that point, so they beat us. And then you got, you know, Matumbo saying he's the greatest defensive player. He, they don't need to dope me on. I'm, so I'm mad. Kobe's mad. So it kind of just, you know, woke us up. And that's why, you know, a lot of times when they talk about the greatest team and that team never gets mentioned, I get really upset because we only lost one game, one game that we shouldn't have lost. And uh, you know, they always, you know, bring up Goldstein and you know the run that they had. That's why I always say. Hey, don't forget about that team that was on that 2000-2001 team. Hey, uh, Shaq, I think you have uh, I think you have some refrigeration pipes in the middle of your screen. I th- or is that is that what is that? Oh, this is the uh, microphone. Oh, it's a- <laughs> <laughs> See, uh, designed by Hookah. <laughs> That's a nice microphone right there. Yeah, yeah Hookah, right? Hookah did a collab with microphones. All right, so. <laughs> D Wade, D Wade has been enjoying wine. I would assume, but snitches get stitches that Shaq is enjoying his microphone. Candace has a beautiful wall of of refreshments behind her. Classe yeah, Azul for days. Refreshments. D Wade's wines over here right. too. And here on the Left Go Show, I get down on daddy cigars, but I was not going to send that in the old group chat. Only for you guys. Did you have a bar at your house? Wow. Hey, get out of here. Wow. <laughs> Um, all right, I got a question from Reddit, and I need you guys to help. They were talking. Candace has a bar. All right, I can't. How would how would a physically freakish big three in their prime, Shaq, LeBron, and Giannis do? What you mean? Like if the big three consisted of you, LeBron, you, LeBron, and Giannis. How like what are we thinking? Well, one, it's an unfair team. Two, I wouldn't want that team. My big three would have to be LeBron, D Wade, and me, or LeBron, and Kobe, and me. Period. Mm. My plan would be guys. You can put Giannis and the other team. So like you know, I, I kind of like this conversation because I don't because that never happened. You want to have this conversation? Let's 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 make it fair. Me, I don't want to play no other big guy. I'm gonna play two guards. What I'm gonna do? I'm gonna start busting ass. Everybody's gonna jump in. I'm gonna make some music for my guys. Or my guys gonna fuck people up. The big guy gonna have to help. Giannis is challenged by Shaq. D-Way, what do you think? You, LeBron, in your prime, and Shaq in his prime. Not one, not two. Oh, <laughs> Lord. <laughs> <laughs> oh. oh, man. Pure domination, man. Pure domination. 
All right. None of this is scientific. None of us will get in trouble. It is Thursday, April 2nd. When do you think the next basketball game for the NBA will be played? What's your guess? Closest wins. What did you say, Shaq? September for Shaq. Yes. And this is with or without fans, just the first game. So the Lakers? They can't do that. They can't do that. No way. Because Milwaukee, Milwaukee has the best record. Yeah, no way. So if that happens, I don't know. All right, so Shaq, his original guess, though, was September. Candace, you made a face. Why'd you make a face? Because at, at what point is it too far away to continue this? Mm. If the next game's played in September, then when are the finals? The finals are in November. Yeah. And then it's like, do you start the regular season again in December? Like, how does that, I guess, how does that work? So I, I don't. I was just giving the answer because y'all were taking for my Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, well, Candace, then give a date if you're going to say that's not soon enough. I'm going to say if the NBA does not start by. July, I don't know if there's going to be a season. July? If the season doesn't start, at least training camp by July. Now, I don't know. There was talk with the Hawks owner. He had said like a month or two ago, what if we restart the season in January anyway? So maybe you can play it in September, be done by November, and then it, the new season starts in January. I don't know. <laughs> D-Way, do you have a guess? Um, I mean, my guess was July as well. Uh, I think I think the NBA, you know, for me, I'm like, they're going to probably have to play without fans. I think that's going to be something that's going to be put on the table and say, hey, if y'all want to finish this season, we're going to have to do it without fans in the building. And I think they're going to put it on the players to see what the players and the owners, obviously, to see what they want to do. And it has to be done by July, I believe. All I know is I want to see hoops. That's all I want. All right. Well, I don't believe Candace has a bar in her house. <laughs> listen, Candace been getting the money for a long time, big fella. Wait, chill. Hey, hey listen. I'm trying to get on y'all's level. She got paid to, to come I'm to Chicago. To my daughter. She got, she got... <laughs> Stop. I'm trying to get on y'all's level. Y'all messing with my, with my chicken. Y'all messing with my chicken. She messing with my chicken. <laughs> Man, she got the bar with the custom wood behind it. Wow. Damn. We're going to have the post. The postseason party is at uh, Candace's spot when all this is done. I gotcha. Oh. Uh, Shaq, when can we tune into your next DJ set? Uh, we're probably going to drop something tonight. Really? We're going to have another guest from the O'Neill household. Say what's up, the Bleacher Report. 
What's up? Hey, what man, up? What up, man? Right? How are you? Hey, man, put that bird back in his cage, man. Oh, he had a shirt on the whole time. This whole hey, man, go do some dive. Go do some diamond push-ups. Hey, man, where your shirt at? But <laughs> <laughs> what's that movie? What's that movie? Chris Tucker was in jail. Uh, Money Talk. Money Talk. He grabbed me like this. He grabbed me like that. <laughs> hey, man, where your shirt? Hey, man, where your shirt? <laughs> 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 Man, but you guys doing well? How you guys feeling overall? We're good, brother. We're just uh, just hanging out, uh, working out every day. Just listen to all the all the full time parents. I've always had respect for full time parents, but wow, this is right? holy. Yeah, like like kudos to all the moms that that's that's always been doing it for like their whole life. Just to, you know, like, like I got a lot of help help me out, but. You know, I feel for the moms and dads who, who, you know, go to work and this, this is this tough. This, I'm not complaining, but it's, yeah. it's not too fun because, as you know, D-Way, you know, like, when you're in the prime and you're going to do yourself, you miss a lot of your stuff. So I'm just glad I'm able to catch up with the boys. You know, they're teenagers now, so I can talk to them like, man, I can tell them ups and downs. I can show them, show them all their favorite players' moves and, you know, just tell them stories. Oh, D-Way did this. Oh, Candace got this, so it's, just, it's fun. But uh, mad respect to all the parents that, that, that really do this full time, uh, all the time. Yeah, it only took a worldwide pandemic for us to realize that, like, stay-at-home mom might be the hardest job ever. But, and and teachers as well. Like, when they come oh, out of man. this, when we come out of this, teachers need, like, I'm t- I ain't talking about just a raise. Like, we need to rethink the structure of the, how they get paid. Like, no, this is crazy. And throw not nurses like- and doctors in there, too. No, nurses, doctors, teachers, stay-at-home moms, but the patients, like my patience meter starts <laughs> off every morning with so much promise. And then by about 5 o'clock. She's hitting the hookah. Yeah. I started, so, you know, so, you know, I call myself being the academic advisor. Do your homework. Bro, I don't know what the hell these kids are. I got four degrees. I ain't never seen none of this stuff before. Dad, can you... <laughs> Google, what is the Pythagorean theory times 25? I'm like, man, I ain't never said that before. I was like, you know what? You're on your own, brother, with this homework. I cannot help you. Man. It's good to see all of you guys. Uh, I appreciate you making the time. I know the 33% appreciates you guys. Uh, let's go around the horn. You have to say one last thing as a goodbye for D-Wade. I'm first? Yeah. Okay. Uh, you have to just say a little goodbye. It doesn't have to be okay. like a speech. This isn't Independence Day. All right. Until next time, people. Beautiful. I'm out. For Candace Parker. AI is one of the greatest players of all time. Shout out to Iverson. For Dr. Shaquille O'Neal. Next time you give me the wrong time, I'm putting these calls on you off site. You told me that I'm from 11 to 11. Got me, got me waking up at 10 58. Calling me your show and you in the mail. Wow. This might be the last time you ever see my face if Shaq gets his paws on me. Appreciate you guys. Holla, holla, holla. Love you so much. And we out. <laughs>